listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. Like always, I guess, if I'm not taken over by Ritzy and Alpine, who just couldn't be here today. But today, I have something very special for you all. I have Jay here with Fancy Steel. For those of you who may not know, Fancy Steel is a very high-end chastity belt manufacturer out of Australia. So, uh, not only was getting in touch with them a challenge, you know, we got to deal with the fact that they're in the future, both literally and physically. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jay? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, hello to your listeners. Um, I've got an accent, so hopefully you can understand me. Um, but yes, we are in the future. I think I got the dates mixed up with you as well because it's uh, Wednesday here and it's Tuesday where you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's that was. Uh, you told me, yeah, any day Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's like, okay, I'm going to put on my calendar for Wednesday. Like, oh wait, that's Thursday for him. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> okay. But Fancy Steel is a collaboration between a fetish enthusiast and a steel craftsman. And if that's not a match made in heaven, I don't know what is. It sits at the intersection between passionate design and unique craftsmanship, and their, their goal is to make chastity belts that are handcrafted from the finest Australian materials, both beautiful and alternative. Uh, Jay remembers seeing a chastity belt on the web when he was 16 and started collecting belts, and it was just a matter of time before he started a company, and we thank you for that. Devices were tested and refined, and then Fancy Steel was launched in spring of 2014, and to be frank, I've been following you ever since, so I really... It, it's really great to be able to talk to you today. Oh, awesome. I'm really pleased. Yeah, we've so, got, a, got a bit of a fan base now. It's great. Love, lovely to see. I see your – well, I don't see your products everywhere, but I do see them in a lot uh, – among the higher-end chastity people, and they just – they, they rave, rant and rave about them. So I'm very excited to ask you some of my burning questions about your company. Excellent. So where do you get inspirations for like new belt designs? What are, what do you draw from? I must say, cause I've been into it so long. Um, and I've been, I was thinking about this before nearly 20 years of research, um, as a wearer myself and, you know, as a key holder over the years. So I've got great knowledge of what's out there. Um, and a lot of times I've, I've tapped that knowledge for new designs. Um, but these days I get a lot of emails and a lot of sketches from um, clients who want to see new things. And, you know, I guess we take inspiration from everywhere now. Um, and then there's Heath who does my fabrication. He's the head fabricator. He is not so much into it but just has a really – amazing mind for engineering and design so he'll put his spin on things as well so yeah that's kind of how it happens really so what is the strangest or most interesting custom thing that someone has asked you to make <laughs> i get so many uh requests and emails it's hard to um 
narrow it down actually. Um, I guess a fairly common strange one is, you know, putting spikes and, you know, things that are going to cause pain inside the tubes or in the on the shields for females. One design we did recently that kind of springs to mind is we do a lot of um, chastity products for the transgender community and we have a product called the Sissy, excuse the name, but they wanted to be able to pee just like, you know, female anatomy. So, yeah, urine came out the front literally from a steel vagina. That was quite a challenge, but it's pretty cool as well. It's strange. So <laughs> That is an interesting one. I've actually been having uh, one-on-one conversations with uh, members of the trans community recently because I did my class, and uh, honestly, people I had, they were asking me questions about uh, transgender chastity, I had no idea what to tell them. It's like, that's just not an area that I've ever had to deal with. So it was very interesting to talk to all these people. It's been a real growth industry uh, area for us in the last, say, three years. I had a client in my hometown. What's quite strange, you don't really find too many clients in Australia. It's all abroad. And he wanted a metal vagina, basically. And we custom made one and hand forged the shape out of steel what was quite a project and I put photos online on like FetLife and in the community and it it just kind of exploded from there everyone really wanted one and you found a a pretty big fan base I mean that was probably a whole demographic that was looking for something and you were able to provide it so that's great yeah and you see more and more of that now um online and in forums um and you know i've been following the whole chastity fetish you know since i was a teenager and that wasn't even around then so yeah in the last say three to three years or so that's just really grown exponentially is there anything interesting on the horizon for fancy steel anything you're like toying around with i've got a heap of new products actually um and it's just refining them and being patient to, you know, launch them and put them out to the public. So um, doing a lot with the advanced range. So working on obviously Wi-Fi and Bluetooth locks. So being able to control the locking mechanism from anywhere in the world. That's been a big project for the last two years. Um, and all that tech's finished. So we're just refining it now and, you know, in the next six months, you'll see a lot of that on our website. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that one, being a, a techie myself. That uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've also taken big steps to really redesign a lot of the classic products we do. Um, we've been making them for six years, um, just refining and making them better. So you'll see all that stuff come out too. Which belt is your kind of, you guys, well, I mean, I know you're not necessarily the fabricator. I guess, which belt is Heath's favorite to make? Do you have any idea? Oh, none of them. He hates me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you wouldn't have um, to pay him otherwise, right? Well, I've, um, you know, over the years, I've learned so much about fabrication and I actually jump in there and help now just to help the process speed it up. So, yeah, I do a lot of stuff, actually, in the workshop. 
you know, I don't just sit there and bark orders. But yeah, I guess for us, um, well, for me, I, I like to lock ladies in chastity belts. So my favourite seeing girls in belts. So yeah, for me, it's the female range. <laughs> so I think they're the most attractive. I guess the slim fits are Heath's favourites because they're the easiest to make. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the stuff, you know, it was like, can we get rid of them? I was like, no, because they're so popular, we can't. So, yeah, anything, I think, female-related for me. Have there been any perils or anything, like, since 2014 that, you know, some challenge or hurdle you all had to overcome? Well, there's lots, yeah. Being a small business operator, there's always challenges. I think the main problem is it's such a niche market, and I think a lot of customers mistake us for being a lot bigger than we actually are and think we're almost like at a mainstream level. And production, you know, in Australia is quite expensive and cost of living. You know, we don't make anything in, you know, other countries like China where, you know, you can make mass production so, yeah, the costs are higher here to produce things, but then the market's very small. So I guess, you know, people say, oh, why are they so expensive or, you know, why does it take so long? They're our biggest hurdles is production and costs First, how many people can actually buy them in the market. You know, it's not a mainstream product. It's not a huge fetish per se. So there are limitations in the market and just being able to you know slowly grow to a level where i can afford now to have some helpers come and help us you know it's always been a very small operation of two of us now we've grown to you know five to six people yeah i mean i can imagine that the the chastity market isn't well (laughs) that's not to say i'm sure that uh, there are there are plenty of companies out there that that uh, can turn out a lot of little cages like the male cages and things like that because they're, I mean, I mean the, the Chinese do it all the time. You can go on the freaking websites and get, you know, I can order a hundred pack if I really wanted to, but, yeah, but you'd all definitely right. take a lot more time and craftsmanship on yours. That's a problem. So a lot of people have asked for cages and the time it would take us to weld a cage and polish it is around the same time it takes to make a full belt. So, you know, if I say this cage is going to cost you $700, you're going to turn your nose up because you can go to China and get one for 30 bucks. <laughs> but for us, it's studio time. You know, if we, it takes us two to three days to make a cage, we, we can't produce full belts. So, yeah, there's limitations there. But, you know, I think having those cheaper products is you know it's not fully a bad thing for us it gives people an opportunity to test them out and to dip their toe in the fetish before going out and buying say a fancy steel i find a lot of clients will buy the copy of our products they'll try it and then all right all right we're going to make that step now we're going to get serious we're going to buy the real mccoy so yeah gives people an opportunity to you know, try the fetish out without making that huge investment. And that's exactly what I tell newbies getting into chastity as well, because um, while, you know, I love, you know, I love your products and, and whatnot. If you have never done chastity before, going out and buying a fancy steel or, or any of the other companies is, is probably not a good move if you've never done it. 
you know, buy a, I hate to say it, buy a cheap Chinese belt, see how it works and see if you like it before you go and spend a whole ton of money. You're going to want to because those, those, those cheap ones just aren't as, as good, but uh, you definitely want to, to try it. I, I had a partner who wanted to get into pony play. So the first thing we did is we went out and bought all the fancy pony gear. I spent probably close to a grand on pony gear. We put it on her yeah. and she's like, yeah, not for me. Like, oh, great. <laughs> I can't return it. So, yeah. okay. I think it's still sitting in a drawer for her somewhere. But I'd say the same thing about chassis. Just so you know, try it, make sure you like it, and then go for the good stuff because uh, it's yeah. definitely worth it. Yeah, agreed. Assuming that technology was no issue, what, what kind of a crazy belt would you make? The thing is that technology gap is closing quite quickly for me at the moment where before, you know, having Wi-Fi locks seemed impossible, but now that is certainly closing in. I guess the advanced range is my kind of ultimate idea of, you know, crazy science fiction becoming reality. So working on that belt where you can unlock or time lock it and it's got electrodes in it so, you know, you can shock the wearer and it's got vibrators in it so you can reward or pleasure the wearer and then there's the pet mode feature what was always quite a cool feature for me is we've managed to put a gyro sensor in the belt so if you're not on your hands and knees like a like a little pet you get zapped so as soon as you stand up you have to go back down on your on all fours or you get punished so i guess that was my like crazy idea and yeah it's fast becoming a reality actually and out of curiosity is that a fingerprint lock on the front of it yeah it was so that version we would use uh, a fingerprint lock um but we had so many issues with the locks um that yeah we've had to pretty much retire the fingerprint locking system and we've just gone towards a, a phone app instead. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot, there was a lot of um, mechanical hurdles we had to get over with the first generation. The biggest thing is that actually the locks change. They're not all the same. Like there is variance and we're talking like millimetres of variance here. But, yeah, you'd think, each padlock like that with the fingerprint scanner would be the same, but they're not, they're not actually. So we've moved away from that and we've built an Android app. Um, this amazing uh, electrical engineer in my hometown who's a kinkster, he, he approached me and said, I want to work with you, and I just dismissed it. And he came back to me with these concepts and they were – absolutely amazing and we we teamed up and he's been able to create this app that controls the device and at the moment we're actually working with voice recognition and we're building um computer programs where you could have virtual mistresses and key holders or master and dominance that could control the chastity belt so you'd have to follow the commands and the belt would know if you're doing it and you would be punished or pleasured accordingly. So we're writing um, virtual chastity programs at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of tech, techie stuff we're about to launch, what's really cool. 
That's amazing. The, the, the one question that I, I've always wanted to ask you, though, is how on earth do you charge the thing? Because, I mean, do you have to plug it in while you sleep, and if you roll too far, it pops out or something? Yeah, the biggest challenge we've actually found with all of our advanced range is the batteries. Um, you know, we're not Apple or Samsung. We don't have a billion-dollar budget to develop batteries. So, you know, people say, oh, it's a bit bulky. It's like, yeah, it's because of the batteries. It's all we can do. So... Um, there is a USB charging point on the advanced. Um, we've gone for a magnetic um, adapter, what we think is just classy and fits the device. So it just clips on to a magnetic port uh, to a micro USB. So then obviously different countries, USB is all the same. So we don't need adapters. Um, Runtime, we've had to put in um, like a sleep mode to conserve battery power as well. Yeah, so you get around 24 hours plus use and then you'll have to charge it. If it does go flat, it just it remembers the state it's in. So as soon as it powers back on, it'll be exact same state of when it went flat. But yeah, batteries are the biggest issue for us is getting them small enough so it doesn't change the design of the product but then being able to last long enough that you can use it a lot. So, yeah, because I just I, I had a funny thought of like you have your your submissive has to wear a backpack full of batteries in order to power the thing. <laughs> just like we get a lot of requests for like a charging feature. So a lot of people want to see their sub like kneeling facing the wall near the power point or something like that. I think that's kind of cool. So like a docking yeah, station. <laughs> yeah exactly like if it's going flat you know a countdown happens they've got 30 seconds to charge it or they get zapped or something so yeah we're looking at you know options like that in a way but yeah we've been able to tweak the battery a lot so it lasts and yeah, the standby mode so like if they're asleep it goes into a standby mode the biggest thing is it has a modem in in the belt so that's always pinging like looking for a signal so if you reduce that ping, you save the battery. Yeah, of course. And then, then I assume it gets woken up by like the gyroscope or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, th that product is definitely one that uh, I am very interested in, in getting my hands on one of these days and, and checking out because that sounds just amazing. Uh, you're, you're a you're a kinky geek and and I love it because that's exactly what I am too. <laughs> Although I'm not at the level you guys are quite yet, I just build little things in Raspberry Pis and and make little fun little projects for uh, for for my scenes. But uh, you know, hey, it works, right? <laughs> yeah, and there will be um, a fail safe. So if, you know, a motor or I don't know some battery thing packed up. There'll be a secret way of unlocking it, but no one will know until they buy the belt. <laughs> ah, okay. Because that, yeah, that uh, the the cellmate they they put that out on their website after. Well, we're going to talk about the article, but they they put out the the secret way to get into it when when they were having trouble. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my last question for you, um, I noticed you all started producing adult content. How is that going? Out of curiosity, it 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 seems like good quality content. 
Yeah, look, that, that's that been quite incredible, actually, for us. So originally, um, as someone so into chastity fetish, I found it really hard to find any good content online with chastity bell related stuff. So, you know, years ago, I made a very small video and I thought, let's release it to our viewers or our um people on the site and let's just charge very small amount of money like when you used to download one song of itunes for like 99 cents and the audience was quite incredible how many people were interested in it and then the email started like you need to do more of this and we want to see this and um, it just kind of grew from there and i guess it was around that time of say orange is the new black there was this kind of thing about like prisoner fetish or like inmates in jumpsuits and I kind of did that with chastity belts as a bit of a mix-up and it was just huge the amount of people that wanted to see it and then it, it just grew from there so these days it's a bit of a creative outlet for me personally to produce and direct them and also, I guess it's a weird way of marketing your products where, you know, you're showcasing what you make and you're giving people suggestion of ideas they can do with the product. So, yeah, it tackles a lot of different angles for me. You know, it's marketing, it's it's also kinky, it's fetish and it's entertainment. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a, I mean, marketing, I think is one of the biggest that that organic marketing that you're achieving through that is just absolutely amazing because you're absolutely right. I mean, I weirdly, it's one of the weird fetishes, and especially since I know you you prefer female belts uh, or females in belts, you can find tons of males in belts, but there's just a lack of of the female content. I mean, there are a few sites I like Chastity Babes off the top of my head I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rem is a is a friend of mine. He's you know been to his studio in in Europe yeah go ahead you know back in day like I'm you know 37 so you know when we first had the internet at home you know it was really rare to see any photos of females in belts and you know obviously that grew over the years but it was still hard you know I would still see the same stuff you know um, and I just thought I'm just going to start creating my own and I looked at it as a creative outlet and a form of marketing and my videos aren't hardcore at all there's you know occasionally we'll, we'll you know insert a plug or something that's about as hardcore as it gets but they're just fantasy really they're based around the chastity fetish there's humiliation there's dominance um there's bondage as well there's latex you know so i try and bring in fetishes that I've never seen in videos and I know people want to see like one of my most popular movies is when we you know tattooed a barcode on the girl's neck or we permanently welded shackles to a girl and you know that was quite unique because I'd never seen it in on sites and people say oh you can go on Pornhub and just watch porn for free but if you like me or anyone in the in the chastity genre those videos don't exist so 
that's kind of how it came about. So I'm always looking for unique ideas and whenever I get emails, I kind of put them in a spreadsheet and when I go and write my scripts, I'll just incorporate those ideas, those kind of quirky fetish fantasies. Well, you've done a, you've done an amazing job. I've, I've, uh, I've purchased a few of your videos. They, because it's just, yeah, they're, they're very, it's just unique. It's nothing, not nothing against um, chastity babes or anything like that, but it, it tends to be like, we're going to put you in a belt and just point a camera at you. And, uh, yeah. and, and it's fine, but it's just like the features, the girl in the belt and yours is more of a storytelling and, at least from what I've seen, certainly high production values, not uh, better than uh, better than most most amateur, or very very much better than most amateur porn that's that's out there. So you got kudos to you all. You do a great job. Yeah, well, I was um, before out of school. I wanted to be in the film industry, so I um, studied film for a little bit before I um, got a real job because there's not much of an industry in Australia. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my background a little bit. So yeah, that's where a lot of that production value comes from, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm very excited to see what you all do next and very excited to, to sort of bunch actually. So we're editing at the moment, a lot of content. So hopefully July will drop another, you know, four or five movies. So yeah. There'll be some trailers out, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the trailers on bit. <laughs> I, I love it when you drop them. I think I follow you guys on every social network yeah. there is, so <laughs> it pops up and it's like, ooh, ooh, new trailer. <laughs> that's good. I think that's where I saw your advanced belts the first time was in one of those trailers. It's like, oh my god, is this a real product? And then it's like, oh, wait list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to this new, um, the second series of the Advance, and we've started pre-selling some of them to, we've had people on the wait list for like over two years, so doing very small batches at the moment, you know, might release 20, just go to those people, hey, we've got 20, here it is, like, do you want to be the first to have it? So yeah, there's a few people who are on that list at the moment. So we're doing 20 female, 20 male spells of the advanced. Yeah, it's coming slowly. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very exciting time for you all. And, you know, I, I really want to keep an eye on you and, and really hope that everything goes well for you with those. Awesome. Thank you. So do you have a few minutes to talk about some news of the day and then answer some viewer questions for us? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jay. I really appreciate it. So, my listeners, this week we have an article that's not exactly new. Uh, for some of you, you may have been aware of it, but I figured this would be the perfect article to talk with Jay about. For those of you who didn't know, there was an issue with another product made by, a, I believe, a Chinese manufacturer. Well, the product was called Cellmate, and it was a Bluetooth-enabled chastity device, a mail cage, for lack of a better word, that, let's just say, had a very weak API or application programmer interface in essence, the software just wasn't so great. And somebody figured out a way to basically keep you in your cage forever. And I, I was hearing stories of people taking angle grinders, trying to grind the thing off. But it's definitely a very interesting thing. And I'm assuming you all saw that as well and possibly thought about security as far as your, as your advanced belts go, correct? Yeah, it was, uh, my phone lit up 
that morning. It was like BBC, like all the major mainstream media outlets were reporting it. So yeah, I got a few text messages. Of like, you know, what, what are we doing so this doesn't happen to us? Well, yeah, look, we, we know exactly how that happens and we have a similar system but quite different to them. What makes it very hard to be hacked. We occasionally get not breaches, but there are some techie people who have bought our products who go digging. They, yeah, they they want to know how it ticks, so they you know try and find out more. So my guy who does all that, he's onto it. So yeah, I will often you know get a phone call and say, hey, how well do you know this client? They're uh, having a good attempt that hacking the product so you know a little bit different obviously they've sold a lot more units and the way theirs work is through like a like a login page when you buy one of our products we actually create the app individually for your product so it's individually coded basically for your product so you could share your app with a mistress or a master and then they can just log straight into your device. So, yeah, it's a little bit more, I don't know how to put it. It's, yeah, it's coded just for your product. So it does make it a little bit harder. We get a lot of emails from techie people who want the API access and they want to know more. And they say, you know, because they want to make their own apps for the device. And we're... I don't have a massive problem with that, but, you know, you spend a lot of time and money developing programs. So, yeah, it's kind of just, you know, you want to keep that secret. Yeah. So a lot of people do ask. I would love to have a product where it's open slaver. It's like, here's the platform. Kingsters come in and create your ultimate device. But you know, at the moment, there's just so much riding on it. And, you know, we don't sell a huge amount as well. We're not like that cage, um, the cell master, that's been made all through China. There's so many people. People had to reverse engineer that to copy it. So, yeah, you'd get, that's how it would have got hacked. Someone re, you know, reverse engineered it to see how it ticks, basically. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're taking a, security into into account for that and that uh it definitely sounds like you all are on the right track uh, uh in my in my day job i'm an it security person so i uh, i deal with that kind of stuff all the time so i under, completely understand there's a few things that i don't really want to say because it could open us for attack but you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no yeah, you're you're so. you're good. Don't worry about it. I I, I would not want uh, one you all to get attacked or two some techie uh, submissive in a belt to figure out how to hack it because I don't know about well I, I don't know about you but if if I realize that I can escape from something, then it's not nearly as much fun. <laughs> I like what my a, um, tech guy said. BK he goes a lot of people get into the foyer of our tech but they don't get past the foyer you know so ah. yeah they, they don't get into the you know the offices they're just in the foyer so <laughs> that's how he puts it to me because I, sometimes i get lost 
Well, I was I was testing a product the other day, and I have a set of lock picking tools on my desk, and I just decided to to give it a try. I stuck a wave rake in the lock, and it just popped right open. I was like, oh well, this is this is not good. <laughs> like no, no. Well, yeah, I get we get all those emails too about the lock. So I don't manufacture a padlock. So you know, often we'll upgrade customers' padlocks to certain brands that are like unpickable and. So yeah, we 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 get a lot of inquiries about padlocks and different styles of locks. So we can customize that a little bit. Yeah. Well, that that's good. It, yeah, I, I've been lock picking for years, and it's just uh, I don't know. It's similar to just regular bondage when you're doing a scene. It's like if I realize I can escape from a, from the bondage that I'm in, it's like it's just not as much fun. I'm just laying there. But if I can't yeah. escape, then it's a lot more fun. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. It's that detail. Yeah. So I always, it's like, all right, you need to triple tie me or whatever, whatever you have to do, because I'm going to (laughs) try. Oh, it was good. It went mainstream, you know, that was, um, you know, anything that puts kind of chastity products on the radar for me is good. You know, if it's competitors, you know, anything like that, I think I really welcome for the industry. So I don't think it really affects our products, so don't be worried if you're thinking about buying the advance that you're going to be hacked because, yeah, it's pretty rare that could happen. Yeah, but uh, having a mainstream product like that out there in the public domain is quite cool, actually. It's like when uh, the new Mad Max movie had the chastity belt in it. You know, that was really cool. I saw that, and you all produced a, a variant of that, I saw. Yeah. I actually found the guy who made the one for the movie and I spoke to him and I was trying to buy it just for my own collection but Miramax had put it away in a storage obviously because they're working on a sequel but yeah that was quite cool that was quite a funny process and it's quite easy to find the art department guy who made that so it was pretty cool yeah I've sold a handful of those not many there's a lot of work in them that was a bit of just a passion piece that we enjoyed doing yeah, and then they yeah, they looked uh, they looked pretty amazing, and I was just as surprised as you when uh, when I saw the movie. Like, hey, chastity, like yeah. in a mainstream movie. <laughs> they actually started filming that in Australia, and then it stopped for some reason and went over to South Africa. So, yeah, it was pretty close to home. So, my listeners, I'll put the link to the article in the description. But you know. Let, let me know what you think about it, and if you've tried the cellmate, or if you've tried, or, or I guess if you've tried to hack the fancy steel, you know, that'd be interesting to hear to hear about. That would be very interesting. You know, I, I'm sure Jay's over there going, "Good luck." <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God, those emails I have to answer to. <laughs> so, Jay, I've pulled some questions out of our mailbag that I think uh, that you and I could okay. both answer pretty effectively. Yeah. Awesome. So our first question comes to us from Sarah in Pennsylvania, and uh, I'm assume. So pardon me, everyone. I'm going to assume gender based on name, but if I'm incorrect, you know, forgive me. Uh, Sarah in Pennsylvania writes, "I am going to start getting into, or I'm looking to start getting into chastity play. My partner and I are both switches, and we're looking to get two different belts. What is a good amount of time to try being locked up? My partner is male. Is there a maximum time, or any tips for beginners?" Yeah, you just got to really take it slow. You know, I would start with even just a few hours at first and then try and work up to overnight. You know, it takes a little bit of time for your body to adjust. 
and you know obviously hygiene's a big thing as well so when i used to be full into chastity play many years ago i got up to five weeks non-stop and we used to play a game every morning where i would be released you know you can handcuff your partner or make a bit of a game out of it and you'd release them and then you know have a clean yourself or have a shower supervised and then you you know lock back up and you sent off to work for the day so it was it was quite a cool little game we used to play but yeah if you're in using a full chastity belt obviously you've got the waistband to deal with as well so you know you've got that pretty tight on your hips or on your waist so you might need to make adjustments you know some bends or tweaks so yeah i always say to people don't lock your partner up and hide the key and expect them to be able to go weeks because that's just unrealistic in a way yeah just take it slow and you know adjust the belt you know make changes and even with you know small cages that's the same thing you know the the cock ring might be too tight and you need to go up a size you know and you you'll you'll learn that quickly you know in a day or two but yeah just take it slow and you should be able to then go a week but yeah hygiene is the big thing so you've still got to allow for cleaning for sure some of the tips that i give to newbies are yeah like you said hygiene is of course very very important for male belt wearers although it sometimes can affect female belt wearers throughout the night your penis will naturally have erections and it's just kind of a way of putting blood through it and and basically making sure it works but if you are a male, you may wake up to a uh, slight discomfort. Eventually, that usually goes down after a while, and or you just don't notice it. But it's definitely something to uh, to be aware of that uh, you may wake up screaming for a brief moment, and and then realize what what happened. And finally, there is while places like Fancy still do the custom belts. If you're doing one of the cheap belts, you're definitely going to want to keep sizing it. Keep adjusting it. I, real, I, I realize that Fancy Steel probably also adjusts a little bit uh, up and down from the size that it's created, I assume. Is that correct? Yeah, that was a good point with the erection stuff. Um, you know, we've been able to basically fine-tune the tube size that fits majority of clients because you don't want it too small that it's you know, crazy restrictive. Um, you don't want it too big. You just want that kind of in between as well. And, you know, for me, chassis is a form of bondage. Like I love the feeling of wearing it and having that restriction. You know, I don't want it loose and just there. And it's quite different for female wearers. You know, when I've locked my partners up and I get their feedback, you know, it's quite different definitely to a male. Um, I think it's harder for a, a male to be in chastity in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but what you've said, I think, is really good feedback. Out of curiosity, what feedback did you get from female wearers? They, most of them love the feeling of it, and I'd, I'd say it's more like a crutch rope, you know, when you tie a crutch rope on a girl. You know, I've been with partners who never even heard of chastity belts or seen chastity belts, and you eventually put one on them and like, oh, I actually really like this. It feels great. And I've had them asked to be put back in it. So I feel chastity belts are a great way of foreplay in a way for, 
for girls because it is tight. It's pushing on their, you know, bits. It's stimulating them, and it's an easy way to tease them. So, and men, you know, if you've got your partner in a chastity belt and you're teasing them for, you know, a day, they just want to get out and, and, you know, they'll do anything to get out. So yeah, you can drive your sub or your partner crazy in the belt and, it, you know, it's just heightening their, you know, arousal really. Yeah, for sure. And they love Go the ahead. plug. So put a plug in the female belt. And my girlfriend said that that's actually increases the security of it because it's yeah harder to move the shield than to sneak a finger in or something. Well, Sarah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, obviously, if you have any additional questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, for anybody listening, the email address is podcast at kinkinthechain.com, and we're more than happy to answer your questions on the show. Our next question comes to us from James in Arkansas. And he writes, I am looking to get into chastity for the first time. I am male and looking at my two options. I see cages and belts. Belts are expensive, except for the cheap Chinese ones. And cages are cheap. Should I start out with a belt or start with a cage? I realize the cost difference, but is there a difference in the experience? I would say there probably is. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely belt is different experience uh, much secure much more secure obviously that waistband and, and the cable system or the, the rear the straps hold everything in place a lot better if you're into bondage it's that bondage feeling you know you you're fully restrained you've got that tight waistband you've got the cage on your genitals yeah it's for me it's chalk and cheese really they're quite different um in my experience with cages they're a good short-term thing and in a way you've got to be honest to yourself because you are cheating yourself nine times out of ten you could probably get out if you want unless you are pierced so that's another big step is getting a, a prince albert or a pa piercing to secure the your penis in the cage uh, i do recommend that it's awesome i'm pierced but you know if you're going to take it is a step um and definitely i would try them both because they're both different experiences but for me yeah, full belt is yeah the way to go and james at least in my experience most of the cages i bought just are either too big or too small uh, i actually was wearing one in the in a shopping mall and it uh, fell off, and I'm not exactly sure how it happened. It was just in my pants. I wasn't touching it. It fell off and fell down my pant leg, and in a very swift motion, I, I kneeled down, picked it up off the floor of the shopping mall, put it in my pocket. But it was definitely like, whoa, okay, so I, I'm apparently this is too big. And then, then I got one that was too small, and it was like, ow, this, this hurts a lot it, more. So. I, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, I've wore, yeah, too small and, you know, you wake up four in the morning and you're like trying to get it off so you can sleep. <laughs> yeah, look, I've experimented with a lot of other brands. Um, there's a couple I don't mind and being pierced. I think the best ones are the smaller devices that literally just cover, say, your head or your glands and they're held in by a piercing and then you don't have the you know, the ball trap around your body.
falls because that's normally where it hurts. I think they're very effective devices. But, yeah, you know, invest in a full belt and you won't go back, honestly. Yeah, and, and if you if you want, I mean, try the cheap ones first. You'll definitely want a better experience if you don't even, since it says you're trying to get into chassis for the first time, yeah, try, try a cage, try a belt. There are some websites that I know of where you can get the, again, the cheap models, the belts for less than 55 US and some of the cages for less than 30. Again, you're not going to have the greatest experience on the planet, but it will give you a good idea if you like each style and then go out and spend the spend the big bucks for Fancy Steel or another brand, whatever you like. I um, yeah, I didn't have much money and I was, you know, early 20s and it was such a huge investment. I think it was a Wolfer Geppels, what's a, a Belgium designer and it cost me, you know, over $1,000 and I got that belt and I think because it was such an outlay, you're really committed to the chastity then. You know, you're not cheating yourself because you've spent all this money so you, you want it to work and you really go the distance and yeah, I could wear that, I wore that thing for weeks and weeks and um yeah i wore it to work and you know i think my girlfriend at the time tipped off some my colleagues and they were like oh that's ridiculous there's no way he's wearing a chastity belt and that day i didn't wear it and one of my colleagues came up to me and grabbed my waist and then he looked at my other colleague and said yeah i told you he wasn't wearing one and <laughs> <laughs> this is the most humiliating thing. These days, I wouldn't give a shit. You know, in my 30s, I'm so open about it. Um, but, yeah, in my early 20s, that was mortifying. <laughs> well, these days, uh -huh. somebody comes up and grabs you at the office, you'd be like, I'm testing the new model, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd be like, yeah, I'd own it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, too, I'm actually um, working on a bull, bull trap style at the moment. And I've been, actually, I took it off this morning, but yeah, I've been testing it myself a lot. So I get a lot of questions about bull trap styles, cages. So yeah, I've been designing one and it's pretty soon ready to go to market. So yeah, look out for that. So we'll have a fancy steel cage, really. Nice. And there's a couple things that I've added to it that are hopefully set it apart obviously piercing is the way to go but obviously not everyone's pierced or will get pierced because it's pretty intimidating and can be painful so i've just created it's like a little rubber ring that's flexible and you can put that around the head and it's got a locking pin and then that will really reduce pull out so yeah it's like a little extra form of security I appreciate you trying to accommodate as many different types of people as possible. That's 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 great. Yeah, and it's just a different point of difference as well. So it's not you know another tube in the marketplace. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of them. Well, James, hope that answers your question. There's a lot of options out there. You know, try it and then then go big, <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> And our final question comes to us from, I believe it's pronounced Soraya in California. I'm going to, well, I'll just use they for this one because I do not know. Whenever I am in my belt, I start to get depressed. 
Oddly, when it comes off, I get happy again. I'm not sure what I can do to address this. Are there any activities or games I can do to perhaps alleviate my mood and improve my experience? Have you ever had any uh, issues with uh, emotional things happening with, with belts out of curiosity, Jay? Wow, not like that. That's, yeah, mainly for me. And whereas it's, yeah, frustration or, you know, that kind of horny feeling that tends to go away after about two weeks, but <laughs> not down like that, no. I guess if he has a partner or, you know, it would be a different experience. But, mm, yeah, that's quite an interesting question, actually. I've never had that feeling myself. So I've talked to individuals about this in particular. I, I used to have this problem as well. So Soraya, the, the very short version, I, I had to do a lot of soul searching to figure out what was going on, why I was getting depressed. And for me, it was because I wasn't, the, the belt wasn't, didn't mean anything. At the time, my partner and I, uh, she was a, a night shift nurse and I worked a day job, just standard thing. So we would pretty much swap positions. I'd come home and she'd go to work. So she would lock me up in the belt before I went to work, which was great. But then when I got home, there was no interaction. It was pretty much, I'm going to unlock you, have a good time, I'm going to work. And so I had to think about it. And it's like, well, I'm just basically wearing metal underwear at this point. As there was no there was no fun to it. There was no, not throughout the day, I wasn't getting, you know, either teased with sexy pictures or, you know, a photo, you know, I've got your key and, you know, uh, or, or that kind of thing. It basically, it didn't feel like it meant anything to her. So it, it felt very depressing. On top of that, there's another element to it, but she was also the jealous type. So at the same time, it always seemed like she was doing it so that I would not have like sex at work, which is like, I wasn't really planning on doing that anyway. I work with a bunch of guys, so that would be a strange thing <laughs> to happen at work, but you never know, I guess. So the very short version is you need to figure out what it is that you need as far as chastity. Some people want basically they want you to lock them up and not well obviously not throw away the key but not mention it you know like oh you're you're mine and I'll choose to use you whenever I please okay fine others might want more of a playful style where um you're you're locking them up and then you're sending them like dirty pictures all day or or I've got 10 friends over and I'm holding your key and we're all kind of passing it around or hide the key you know something like that a target's good too, like a, a time frame to your release, something. And, you know, I find that frustrating. So you've got a week and, you know, two days in, it's like, shit, that seems so far away. We used to play this game where my key holder would chat with another key holder online. And if he did something wrong or something to upset her, I would get punished <laughs> and then vice versa. And that was that was a really cool game, actually. But like he he did something she didn't like, and then I had to sleep with a butt plug in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like it was yeah good good reverse play. But yeah, you need I think goals and you know I I get tasks given to me as well that I have to achieve to you know earn release or you know things like that. Pretty cool. Definitely get goals. As a key holder, I would usually, I never use absolute, so it's like take out the trash and I might let you out so that there was always this carrot on a stick uh, yeah. as opposed to, you know, take the trash out and I'll let you out. It was just like, well, if I do this tit for tat, but 
But if I maybe get let out, then it was a little more exciting. Like, well, maybe if I do it in a sexy way or if I, if I do it fast or something, I, I, might, I might please them better and, and they'll let me out. So you're going to have to basically look and see what it is that you need. There's, there's a ton of different styles and ways of doing it. And if the partner you're, or the assuming you have a key holder, it, it, you don't mention that in your message, but uh, you know, just talk to them, tell them that you're getting depressed in it, and see see if there's something else you can do or something else you can try. One of my favorite games that that I've, I've done in the past is you take uh, a hot sauce and V8 juice, and you uh, take your key, you put it in it, and then you freeze it in the freezer to make hot sauce popsicles. The V8 acts like a bonding agent to create something because you can't freeze hot sauce it doesn't work uh and then you have to lick your way to freedom you know that's just kind of a, a fun one uh, lots of different options that you can pursue and it just may take something different uh we, we turned that v8 popsicle thing into a scene from saw for example where it's like you're there i i tied them tied them so they couldn't use their hands and they just had to keep licking their way to freedom and then they had to pick up the key and with their mouth i mean it was it was kind of fun could be one of my new movies yeah, no, that feel free. <laughs> that would be that would be kind of fun <laughs> to see. Well, anything else you'd like to say about this particular one, Jay? I know you didn't have a lot of input yeah, in it. That's, that's a tough one. I've honestly never had a comment like that. It's, yeah, to really think about that. But yeah, like I don't know if you've got a key holder, she should be teasing you more and. Yeah, and if you're just locking yourself up, I don't know, maybe set some games or goals you can do with yourself to make it more exciting. So, yeah, or they, or there nowadays there are so many apps that can do it too. There's one that I've recently been testing called Chastikey. I don't know if you've heard of that one, Jay. Yeah, we did that with Locktober. That was pretty fun. There's cards, you get the red cards. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy's quite, um, there's a lot of actually on Reddit, a lot of fancy still wearers that use that app in conjunction with our products. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's good to see that on the app store as well because Apple can be a little bit weird about those. So yeah, that's good. And the other one that I, I've I've seen, depending on your keyholder situation, the Chronovault, if you've ever heard, it's expensive. So I won't I won't lie about that. But uh, the Chronovault is an interesting one for remote play. Plus, you can also have multiple key holders. So there is a possibility there that, you know, if, if one, one key holder isn't doing it for you, maybe you have five or six and you have to please all of them and then they, they all get to unlock you or individually. I mean, you can decide that, but there are lots yeah. of different options. I know that probably we have actually designed our own similar version, but I just never really greenlit that project just thought there wouldn't be huge demand for it. But yeah, we certainly have that tech to do that yeah like i think doing more like what we're doing at the moment these app-based games and as i said that voice recognition software certainly for that market of people that you know might not have a key holder or there's a lot of chastity wearers that still find it hard to talk to their partner about it it's still a taboo i, I don't understand why but yeah just creating games and you know, elements to add a different dimension of chastity play. That's what we're trying to do at the moment. So, yeah. I, I love all these techie games that are being made. The uh, one, one that I've, I've been messing with lately is called Fappy Bunny. It's made for the Motor Bunny. Nothing and yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like if you've ever played the game Flappy Bird, that old old game that, you know, that 
ridiculous game, but as your bird goes higher, the, the motor bunny turns on, gets stronger. Uh, and, okay. and so as they're trying to go through the pipes, it's going up, their, their power level's going up and down. And if they hit the pipe, it all ends, but it's, uh, I'll take it to parties and, and pass people the phone and they're, they're trying to set new high scores. It's, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of fun that we can, we can do that these days. That's great. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, Soraya, I really, really hope that you can find a way to make, to make chastity fun. Um, if you do need additional suggestions, uh, feel free to reach out to, to myself, podcast at Kink in the Chain. Just feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear if there's been any changes or if there's anything we can do to help. Well, Jay, I really appreciate you being here today and sharing some exciting stuff happening with your company, talking to us about the news article, and helping my viewers. I'm sure they really, really appreciated it. No, thanks for having me on. That was really fun, actually, and it's nice to chat to someone who's uh, whose brain is wired the same as mine. <laughs> uh, Justice Monkey, yeah. It's good. It's a shame we're on opposite sides of the planet. I'd buy you a beer. But <laughs> oh, yeah, and if, if uh, COVID wasn't a thing, I'd fly over. But yeah, we can't even leave Australia at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, darn COVID and all this all this stuff that we're, we're stuck doing now. I'm normally over... I try and get over once a year to do like FetCon or those type of shows. So yeah, I look forward to when things are back to normal. So, well, I'll, uh, I'll, you'll have to let me know when you're, when you're coming over this way. Cause I, uh, I, I go to about six to 10 conventions a year myself. So yeah, I would, uh, I would make a point to go to one that you were at. So <laughs> very active. That's what I like to see. Again, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks, viewers. Remember, you can always send your questions, comments to podcast at kinkinthechain.com. You can find us on all the social medias, including the kinky ones. Heck, we're even on Facebook. So, you know, we're everywhere. And uh, as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web, the web. at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at kinkchainshow. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.